Hello, and welcome to the most real conversation there is in podcasting. My name is Maureen Casey, and my friends and I are so stoked to be navigating through the ups and downs of what it's like to be a woman in today's society right here with you. There's no filter, and we do not stand for fake females. So if you're here for real conversation in real time, this is the place for you. Grab a slice of pizza, maybe a cold beer, whatever floats your boat today, and let's crack this conversation wide open. On today's episode, I have my wonderful friend, Victoria, and we're going to be talking about how life has changed for us over the last year. So when we first met, it was literally a year ago this month, and we did some business together for quite a few months, and then we kind of just drifted apart as life happened. And when we came back together at the beginning of 2020, we realized we had gone through so much of the same stuff and came to a lot of the same realizations in the exact same ways. So ironically enough, we realized we should have been doing it together the whole time and allowing support from a true friendship to happen. And we're going to talk about that journey today. So Victoria, say hi to everyone. Hello, and thank you so much for that awesome intro. (laughs) You're welcome. I hope everyone gets to know how amazing you are on this call. Because you have been such a huge support to me over the last year, and I am so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful for you. You've been the same to me. Oh, see, friendship. True friendship (laughs) does not have to be catty. No, not at all. It shouldn't be like that at all. Right? And I think that was one of the biggest things that I learned this year, or I should say in 2019, because I was trying to do it all on my own, and I was going through so many life changes and personal habit changes that really affected my life, but I was trying to be the lone wolf. Like, I was just trying to keep to myself and do it without a support system. Yeah, that's, like, been my MO for a while, and I finally learned over the past year that, like, you need to have a support system and you need to rely on other people or else you're just going to (laughs) implode. Yes. So give the audience a little bit of a background as to what was going on last year that led you to that aha moment, I need to shift some things in my life? So last year was a big year for me, and I was going through a bunch of stuff. Like, I really wanted to make some personal changes. I wanted to make some health changes, um, a lot of things going on in my personal life, and it just felt like nothing was clicking for me. It felt like I had all these puzzle pieces that didn't fit together, but I was sitting there trying to jam them and hammer them in together. And I did this for such a long time. And you know, because I would talk to you about this like all last year, and I'm just like, it doesn't feel right. Things aren't adding up. I just like, I can't get it right. And from doing all these things, I finally came to, I guess you could say a combined breaking point and a realization that I needed to, if I wanted to make a change, I had to make the change myself. And I couldn't hope that, well, maybe when I wake up tomorrow, I'll feel better. Like, no, I had to get serious and I had to start making moves now if I wanted to see results. 
Yeah. I feel like <laughs> so many things happened last year to me that all of my breaking points came very differently, right? Like something would happen in my relationship and I would realize, okay, this this can't go on anymore. Or something right. would happen. I mean, even little things like my daughter being demanding over something and I'm, and I'm like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I have my own stuff to take care of too. Why am I trying to do something you're capable of? And I right. really had to take a step back and will be responsible for myself, like show up for me and hold myself accountable to all of the things that I was really wanting to accomplish in my life. Right. I think that's probably one of the biggest things um, I've learned from, you know, trying to transform into who I want to be is showing up and uh, being accountable. Because let me tell you, I was the biggest procrastinator. I mean, I would put things off so much very last second or I just wouldn't do them all together. And then I'd be sitting there and I'm like, well, why am I not getting my results? Well, no job because you're not doing it. But like, I had to realize that on my own. Well, what kind of accountability was it that really helped you in this past, you know, even just six months? Um, well, following through with what I was going to, like, if I said I was going to do something, following through with it definitely helped. And then also making um, a schedule for myself. And I'm not talking like a whole big whiteboard with a million different things planned out for the whole month. But the night before, if I'm like, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to work out and then I'm going to journal in the morning and then after work, I'm going to go on a walk. I did it. Wow. Wow. I feel like that takes so much inner will, like inner strength. And <laughs> I have to admit that there's been days where I'm like gung-ho and I'm like, yes, I'm going to do all of these things. And then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do any of like, No things. I don't feel like doing this today. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there's definitely days like this. I'm not trying to like take this picture that I'm just like, you know, super person now. Yeah, I, I just told you when we were talking the other day, I was like, I feel like crap today. I just got my period. Like, I don't want to do anything. So guess what? I didn't do anything for like two days. Yeah. Whatever. And then you just bounce back from it. I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned about showing up for myself is that there's so many ways to show up for yourself. And sometimes it is just honoring something like, I'm on my period. Today is not the day I'm going to go lift heavy. Today is the day I'm going to go sit in the sauna, right? Like I had to honor, I could still go to the gym because it was something I desired, but I had to honor that there were there's days for some things and there's other days for other things. And that was right. okay. But I think my biggest struggle was the, um, like the guilt, maybe not guilt, more like judgment. Like I was, I was really hard on myself. Like, yeah. So yes. terrible. Like you didn't lift today. Like what a lazy, you know? And I was yeah. mean. Yeah. I'm like, I was the meanest girl to myself. And I feel like I still, I still get like that, but like I'm working on it and I'm just kind of trying to like shut her up as I'm getting better and better. Someone told me this year, and I've heard it before, but you know, it hits different when you're in the moment, but someone, maybe my mom, who knows, um, <laughs> was like, would you talk to your daughter that way? And that hit me so hard. Like I would never ever tell my daughter that she's a piece of crap or that she's lazy or, you know, any of those 
bad things I was telling myself because I wasn't doing, you know, the million things on my checklist. Like, I would never do that to my daughter. Right. And then when you put it in that perspective and you're like, holy crap, I've been terrible on myself. Like, how have I been living like this? (laughs) And I feel like that in itself was a huge trigger for change for me. Not just in my mentality, but in the way I did things, in my routine. You know, as a matter of fact, you and I were talking about that this morning. Like, I, when my daughter is home with me, I want to have fun with her. I want to hang out with her. I don't want to be working or worried about, you know, whatever. And I used to be, like, I mean, we're talking just within the last couple months, I used to be this massive workaholic. And I would find any reason to have to go grind. So really, it feels better, you know, to be at home and just to be playing Barbies with my daughter. And so I had to make some massive shifts, not just in my mentality, but in how I was operating in my day-to-day life. Yep, I did the same thing. And I feel like, I don't know, I've struggled with, I guess, boundaries and also the whole, you know, being accountable part. So, well, for everyone who's listening, they don't know, but you know that I do freelance writing from here and there. Um, but I would do, you know, I wouldn't do anything during the week. And then I'd sit down on a Saturday and be like, okay, well, now it's time to do 10 to 12 hours of work. And I'm like, well, mm. is it working? I'm burning myself out. Like, I need to show up a couple hours a day and get it done with, as opposed to really hating myself for one day out of the week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I did that on Wednesday. I worked three hours. <laughs> But in my defense, I had the energy to do it that day, and I had no distractions, and I got a ton of things done. So I would, you know, I was really productive. But that was the difference is that, like, that was a huge shift in me. I used to be busy, and now I'm productive. Like, now I'm intentional with the things I'm doing, even if they're outside of my comfort zone. Like, I am very intentional about making sure I'm doing certain things. Right. And I feel like there's a huge difference, and I've totally learned this now, that there's a massive difference between being busy and being productive. Because, like, before this, I feel like I was busy all the time, busy all the time, but I wasn't getting anything done. But now that I have made that shift to being productive, I'm, like, you know, knocking out all of my goals. I'm making progress with my work, and it's just it's so much better. What do you think the biggest shift in, like, your routine and, like, your daily habits was that was like the key for you? I'd probably have to say like, I guess planning and then also my willpower to want to do it. Um, because without those two things, I wouldn't do anything. Like I said, I plan like, I don't know, the night before, a couple of days before of what I want to do. And then when that alarm clock rings at, you know, 4 or 5 a.m., that's where the willpower has to kick in and I have to get up and do what I said I wanted to do. Okay, so I am somebody that has no willpower. Literally, it's in my <laughs> I am a completely open willpower. And so I need, like, I have to have my feet held to the fire. And that's something I struggled with. And so I actually had to change my frame of mind on that because I know, like, I don't have any self-discipline at all. Like, it's literally not in my being to be disciplined. And so... I had to shift my mindset 
to where it was more of like an honoring, a serving, right? Like I said, I want to do this. I trust myself. I believe in myself. I'm doing this for me. Like I'm doing this because I said I'm going to do it versus like, oh, it's 5 a.m. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I totally get that. But um, that kind of thinking like also pushed me to want to do things because like if I was, you know, I say I just got home from work. I'm like, no, I don't really feel like working out. And then I'd be like, well, what, how am I going to feel tomorrow? What is tomorrow me going to think it's getting to work out today? I'm like, I'm probably not going to feel as good and I'm not going to feel as accomplished as if I skip it and just watch TV for the rest of the night. Wow. So how, how do you think, or maybe it's not a how, maybe more it's like a, a what, what happens throughout the day or what is it that you have done throughout the day to kind of like give you that motivation or really make you want to constantly be a better version of yourself? So I definitely think it's like a snowball effect. Um, so obviously I've already talked about like show up, have the willpower, um, schedule what you want to do. But also I've been doing, um, I guess you could say self-improvement activities. Like uh, I've been reading self-help books. I journal in the morning. That's a big one. Um, uh, I actually also started to learn how to meditate. And throughout the day, I also try to do as much positive thinking as possible. And I think like a lot of people don't think that that, like all of these things, um, have a lot of impact on what you're going to do, but they do. And I, I told you this, I like was totally against like, oh my God, I don't want to meditate, like that's stupid or like, I don't need to journal, whatever. And then I started doing these things and I was like, oh my God, I'm actually making so much progress and it's only been like two months. I think so many people do that. And I mean, myself included, right? I, <laughs> I remember someone telling me like I needed to meditate daily and I thought they were bonkers right I'm like bonkers I'm like I'm not meditating right like I need to sit still and do nothing for an hour you know like in my mind it was this big long thing or growing up I was taught that self-help was for the weak and self-help was for the people right like if you were gonna read a self-help book then it's because you're already off your rocker right yeah, I was definitely raised in, like, a household, like, put your big girl pants on, get over it. We don't have time to, you know, do self-pity, like, just get over it. You don't need that. But, I mean, I have found that it's, like, food for the soul. And it's so what I think society has made it to be. So, for example, journaling. Some days, it's, like, bullet points. Some days, I just have to get all my anger out on paper. And some days, right. I just want to, like, talk to myself. Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know, I never even really, you know, looked into any of these things. So my confession uh, of uh, journaling was that, you know, there were these super spiritual prompts and I had to dig deep in my soul and I was like, I don't want to do that. And <laughs> journaling, journaling can be as simple as writing down 10 things that you appreciate or that you're thankful for or what mm-hmm. happened the day before, what you're stressed out about or what you're excited to do or Whatever. You can do whatever you want. I mean, you can go online and look at some journaling prompts, but journaling's supposed to make you feel good. So whatever you're feeling when you open that notebook and put the pen to the paper, do it. If you're feeling like you want to, um, 
you know, if you're feeling stressed and you want to write about your stressful day, it's probably not a good idea to maybe, like, be writing something positive. Get the stress out and, like, follow what you're feeling inside. I love that. So I want to just repeat something that you said because I think it was so profound, and I want to make sure everyone caught this. So you said journaling is supposed to make you feel good. And I think a lot of people feel like it's stressful. And like, you know, you just finished, you are stressed, like get all of the stress out. That's actually how I started journaling. It was when I was like uh, six years old and my parents were getting divorced, our counselor suggested that we start journaling. And I remember at the time, I wasn't really angry. I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but I was fully aware of the entire situation. I understood that it was going to get better. I understood that my parents should be together because that was a bad situation. Like, I was probably the most aware child there has ever been without actually knowing I was super aware. So when they told us to journal out, like, our anger and our feelings, I was kind of confused by it because I was like, I'm <laughs> fine. I'm fine with this. And they... I'm not kidding you. They issued me two years of court-appointed counseling because they thought that I was so closed off. I just, like, wasn't sharing. And, oh, my God. And that's <laughs> it. It was just, like, I instead, I was writing, like, poetry and things like that because that's what was coming up for me. I wasn't angry. I was excited about right. the new beginning. But so you were fine. And you're like, right. I was fine. Like, everyone else was freaking out, but I, I was fine with it. And my mom did interest into the divorce in a very graceful way. Like, she had talked to us about it. She had gotten our feelings and opinions about it. I mean, I was ready for the divorce long before the divorce came. And um, anyways, it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized I needed an outlet for my anger. Because I'd never really experienced anger before. I'd always just walked away. And <laughs> it wasn't until I was an adult, you know, and like life happens. And <laughs> there's like real stresses of the world. And I didn't have anyone to talk to because I isolated myself. I moved across country, didn't have any friends, didn't have anybody. And that was the first time I opened up my journal. And I remember being angry and like violently writing all of this stuff down. And then I threw my journal across the room and I screamed at it. And then I was like, oh, that felt really good. <laughs> You're like, I want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, like I was totally happy after that. Um, but that's the thing. Like journaling doesn't have to be this super deep spiritual, like in my feelings. Sometimes it's just stating the facts. Sometimes I have so much rolling around in my brain that I just, I have to get it out before I go crazy. Right, right. So I want to um, I want to touch on the books though, if you don't mind, just because that was something that was so hard for me, but then became so helpful. I was so 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 scared to pick up a self help book because I oh thought my God, I was failing at life. Yep. So get this: the first self help book I ever opened and actually read. Okay, I didn't just like grab it and hide it, but I actually <laughs> read was. Jensen Saros, be your own kind of badass. And that was like, that was the kick in the ass I needed. Yep, that's what I'm reading right now. Oh my goodness. Okay, so give, give your perspective. Like, tell us a little bit about what this book means to you. So, first of all, I opened it and started reading the first few pages. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this sounds tacos. Exactly like me. <laughs> 
was like, that sounds exactly like me. And like, this book was written for me. It sounds like a personal book. And I feel like Jen's style of writing, she's very real. She's like no BS kind of person. And it's something that a lot of people can relate to. I mean, obviously I can relate to it. And mm-hmm. she breaks everything down like step by step and just really like in depth explains everything. And she's into like a lot of stuff. She's into like, um, law of attraction and, um, you know, um, like, being connected with the universe and that was stuff that like I've never been introduced to before and she does a really awesome job of explaining it and it really made me become interested in it interested in it and like do my own research. So now I feel like I have a whole new perspective because of her. I agree. I think it was the perfect first self help book for me. I think if I would have opened anything else up, I would have been more closed down to opening another, you know, like I would just wouldn't have been as likely to continue on my self-help journey. But that book just made me feel like I was a real woman going through real issues and we all go through it and it's okay. And you just got to find, you got to find your way, you know, and it it gave me permission to be me in the moment, no matter what that was. Exactly. Yeah. Like I and I love that she doesn't make you feel like you have to be perfect all the time because I think a lot of times self help that's exactly how we feel like you're not gonna have a great life until all of your thoughts are 100% magic and rainbow and like right <laughs> and like I feel like a lot of I guess self help people especially like on social media like even if they're saying you don't have to be perfect, like, they're conveying themselves or their lives as perfect. And it's like, mm. what are you really trying to say here? Because you're saying one thing, but you're doing the other. And I feel like um, with Jen, she's, she is really, like, down to earth. She'd be somebody I would want to, like, go have a drink with. And she makes it, like, she makes it just so relatable. I think that's, like, the key to life, though, is, I mean, I don't want to say just, do what feels right because sometimes the right thing does feel hard because you've been doing the wrong thing or the the other thing for so long but I knew that I needed something like I knew that I needed some external help somehow I needed some releases I needed this and I needed that and the shame behind needing all of that left and I did start to do things that felt right or the things that I really wanted to do such as read more self-help books. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I think this book has, like, opened me up to um, starting or at least, like, I guess, planning to start doing things that I've always wanted to do. Um, And I know a lot of her points in her book, it's, like, love yourself and don't care what other people think. And that was Mm -hmm. one of the other things I wanted to get into. Um, is about not caring what anybody else thinks because that was something, and I feel like as women, we all really deal with this, but letting go of other people's opinions and not caring about what anyone else thinks of you is literally so freeing, and when I did it, it is like I dropped a 100 pounds of weight. Like, it just, I just felt totally relieved. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I made a post last night. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna just gonna go ahead and go there. So I I took a picture of myself last night, and it was nothing fancy. It was 
literally no clothes, no nothing, like messy hair. It was just, and I was, it was really the comic relief. Made a smart ass post. Okay. Like <laughs> it was good. So and you. the girl dropped in my DM about my selfie quality and how I would get so much more business if my selfies were like up to a certain level. Of course, so that's that, kind of rude and terrible marketing, <laughs> but like, okay. It was, especially, you know, I'm huge into sales and marketing and the whole thing. And I was like, well, this is tacky, but cool. And so I used it as an opportunity to share online about it. And it was funny because all of the people in my comments were like, do they know you? Do, does that girl have any idea that you do not give a fuck about what you think? <laughs> like, and it was so funny because literally all the people in that are commenting were like, she has no idea who you are. Like, she is. She like, doesn't she know. know who they're talking to. And I was laughing so hard because this was not always true for me. I am glad that the people around me now know that I will always be me and I will always be authentic. But I wasn't that way. I mean, I was a very cowardly person growing up. I didn't even want to have friends because I was so afraid of them actually seeing me. Like, they weren't going to like me if they knew who I was. And there was nothing wrong with me. I mean, I wasn't even someone to be ashamed of growing up. I just truly felt like I wasn't good enough. And then it got worse when I became a mom. Like, I... When I became a mom, I thought everyone was judging me for everything, what my daughter wore, what I fed her, the fact that I worked, like, the fact that I was a single mom, like, I mean, every single thing, I felt so judged, and it took me so long to drop the opinions of others, you know, to quit caring what they thought and to really just live my own life. Yeah, I mean... You explaining how you used to be, like, to me, is, like, almost, like, unfathomable because, like, I know you have this really outgoing, like, uber-confident person. So, like, I feel like I can't even picture you like that. Like, that, and, like, that just goes to show, like, how far you've come. Like, there would be, like, if someone else told me, like, yeah, Maureen used to be that way, I'd be, like, I feel like you might be lying because that's (laughs) not true. (laughs) No, it is. It is true. Matter of fact, there's a, a girl that listens to this podcast, and she's in the Facebook group. And she commented on something the other day uh, about how she brings people together. I'd asked a question about connection. And I commented back, and I mean, I was very honest. And I said, you are the only reason I had friends growing up. Because still to this day, I am not friends with any of her friends. But I am friends with her. And she brought me into the friends group. And she was the one that was like, no, we're all going to be friends with this weird, shy, quiet girl. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. I was. I was like the weird girl that people literally talk to just to, like, try to stump me. So that was always great. I know. I felt like I hated having conversations with people because they always tried to ask me trick questions so that I would get caught in a lie. Because I was a Christian and I did not come from, like, a Christian town. And so I was just, like, the joke of all or the butt of all the jokes. Like, oh they my just, God. Like, I'm serious. Like, it sounds really bad, but I am dead serious. Like, anytime someone went to talk to me, it was because they were trying to, like, catch me off guard. And, or it was something super provocative. What's the word I'm looking for here? Provocative? Maybe. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, or explicit, maybe. Like, the guys would always come up and, like, have some 
weird comment for me or ask me some question or like they would speak in slang because we lived in a really not the best area, you know, and everyone talked in like slang code. I don't even know, like street <laughs> slang talk. code. Yeah. And they were like, you're such a square. Like you're, here's the big one. You're so white. Like, okay. I, I went to school to learn English. I don't know what you're talking about. Like a dime versus a dom. Like, what sex what? or drugs? Can't you yeah. say sex or drugs? Like, I hated these people would come up with, like, their slang talk. Anyways, it was a rough childhood, and I kids did not. It makes you think that people that are like, yeah, like, I wish I could go back to high school. It's like, no, really? Like, you no. back there? <laughs> never, never. I, I, the only thing I would ever do, honestly, is I would go back to me, like, moments before I found out I was pregnant, and I would let myself know that I was going to kill it one day, because that's the only day I need to go back to. Anything before that doesn't matter, but if I could have saved myself for two years of just straight grief and agony, that would be amazing, but I don't want to go back and do any of the other stuff, and I'm grateful for the two years of agony, because it brought me to this point where I get to help other women truly love and embrace their lives. Absolutely. And I feel like you touched on a good point that, like, although sometimes we go through, you know, really bad periods or really just just difficult times in our lives, it does sometimes bring us to really good outcomes or the best times in our life. So, like, for you, you did that. And then for me, it was just, like, I went through, like, years of just, like, being like honestly like a little bit miserable and a little bit depressed until I had to like make a change and then everything started working out once I made that commitment to myself. Mm, that is so good. But let me ask you this because this is what I'm really curious about. Okay. What was it for you or how or you know whatever when it comes to dropping other people's opinions and not really caring about what they thought how did you get to that point? Like what what was your shift personally? So I was very conscious about the whole thing. Like I wasn't, you know, it wasn't something I'm like, oh, wow. I realized after the fact, like I was actually thinking and I was like dissecting um, what I was feeling and why I was feeling it in that moment. Right. So like, for example, like I'd be like, well, I don't want to do it. Like I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to pursue this, you know, venture. And I'd be like, well, why don't I want to pursue it? And then the first thing that would come to my mind is like, well, what are my friends going to think? What are my family going to think? What are the people that I went to high school with think? And I'm like, well, if those are my top three things, what are the next things I have to worry about? Nothing. It was all about other people's opinions. And then Mm -hmm. I just had to like let them go. Because I'm like, I'm not going to wake up like when I'm 50 years old and be like, wow, I haven't done anything in my life because I've been too worried about what people have been thinking about me and I didn't accomplish anything or I didn't do what I wanted to do because I was afraid what other people thought. Wow, that is, I mean, that's amazing because honestly, I don't think I've ever done that on, I'm just going to say on a small level, like on an everyday kind of level. I've actually only done that for business. Like I know when I'm starting my business or when I'm going to launch a course or, you know, whatever it may be, 
those used to be the things that came up. Like, why don't I want this? Or what would be holding me back from going full force after this dream or this accomplishment? And right. I do remember writing like, you know, one time, I'm, I'm, I kid you not, I was so afraid of making like a really, you know, good amount of money. At the time, I was going for $10,000 a month. And my fear was that the people around me would no longer support me because the only time I felt supported, if you will, was when I was in a place of need. Because I've always been the strong girl, right? Like, you know, no one bothered me because I've got it. And that was just, that was, that was a shell. That was just something I created to keep myself safe. And so the only time anyone actually ever helped me, my parents included, was at rock bottom. And so if I was thriving, if I was making all this money, then there was, and it wasn't just the money, right? But being able to provide everything for myself and my family and, you know, being able to truly have whatever we wanted, I felt like that meant there was never going to be support for me again. And I sat down with my dad and I cried and I told him, no matter what, no matter like who I become, how much money I make, whatever, like I always need you and I need you to remember, like I'm your baby. I'm not this big, oh, strong so girl. <laughs> no, but I did. I had to like, it, but I feel like it's the same as letting go of, all of those other people's opinions. I mean, and that was something I really did have to do. But I was, I was so afraid of not being supported. That was like, I remember that being like a soul killer for me. Like that realization broke my own heart. And the only way for me to be able to get past that was just to let my parents know that I was always going to need them. And they needed to look at me like the child that needed them. Because I've always been their independent child, right? Like, I, they never helped me because I never needed their help. And so it took me coming through this and dropping everyone's opinions. And, I mean, I guess the other side of that story was me telling my dad, like, I'm getting ready to piss a lot of people off. I'm getting ready to say some things that are going to make a whole bunch of people mad. The church is going to get mad at me. Like, fair warning, if you and mom start getting all of these messages out of the woodwork, like... I know why. Support me, right? Like, don't, yeah. you don't even have to say anything back to these people. You can ignore them. But I just need you to be on my side because I'm chasing my dreams. Um, and thank God my parents were okay with it. But that was a big deal because I did grow up in a church, and I was somebody that was in the church, like truly in the church and involved. And I remember switching directions and not not walking away from God, but doing my calling my way. And I knew, I knew that that was really going to ruffle some feathers. And it did. It did. And there was a lot of opinions that I had to deal with and a lot of bad messages. It's so funny how mean Christians get once they're upset about something. Like, yep, lordy, I had to deal with some wrath. But are you glad you dealt with it the way you did? And are you glad that you went through it? Yes. But <laughs> I wish, what do I wish? I wish, I wish I would have been a little bit stronger, honestly, because I was so scared. That's like my biggest regret is it took me so long to move past 
the fears of other people's opinions to get to the point where I had to let my parents know that I needed their support. Like, I mean, we're talking, it probably took me a year to actually fully launch my business because I was so scared of losing friends that weren't really friends and losing these people that I had always looked up to because I didn't want to disappoint them and just, and I didn't even live in the same state as these people anymore. But I didn't want to disappoint them. And on the other hand, my dad is one of those leaders that, like, everybody knows and everybody gravitates towards. And I was always, you know, the apple of his eye, if you will. And so I was, like, I would go to him with these to these events and these galas and whatnot, and I was Rocky's daughter. Like, and that was the title that you wanted, you know? Like, that was the thing. And I, more than anything... I didn't want to tarnish my dad's name. I didn't want people to be like, that's what you crave. But I will say, never once has my dad looked at me like that. Like, never once has that's what matters. Right. But I needed to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I think it's okay to need validation sometimes. I'm not saying you always have to go externally, but... You know, even with your spouse or your significant other, there has been times where I've gone to my husband and I'm like, I'm getting ready to make this post. And FYI, like, some people might be messaging you. But he's always got my back. And I think it's important to know, especially as a woman, like, to know that somebody's in your corner. To know that even when you go big, there's still people that love you and support you and they're going to stand right there. So that way when the wrath comes at you, it's got your back and they're pushing you forward so you keep climbing the mountain. Right. And you're a little tight-knit safety net. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and um, do a recap. Actually, why don't you do a recap? This was more so your journey. So will you just take us through really quick all of the things that you feel like you really went through so we can have a summary of what it was like. Okay. So I guess like being the best version of myself, um, there is five or six things that I kind of made changes with. Um, showing up, being accountable, um, changing up my routine and going outside of my comfort zone, um, doing self-improvement activities, that's the journaling, that's going to the gym and whatnot. Um, listening to my inner self, um, doing what feels right for me. And then I think the biggest one is not caring what anyone thinks. And to that note, what is it that you started doing purely for you out of creativity and out of desire? Um, for me, I started working on kind of like my own little project, um, that you know about. Um, but also I explore different things that I've always wanted to do, like yoga. Now I do yoga every day. Um, I, I do my journaling, but now I get creative with it. Like I have journaling that's like my self-help journaling. I have journaling where I want to get creative. So that kind of thing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am so glad that you were able to come on here and chit chat with me and share your experience because I feel like there's just so many women that are going through this or getting ready to go through all of these changes in life. And I really feel like these um, these five key points will help you through any season change. <laughs> I'm really excited to get them up 
And I'm really excited to have you in the group just sharing your journey and helping us dive into these five points more this week so that we can all just, you know, do a little bit better at living our best lives. Yes, I'm so excited that you let me come on here. Um, and if anybody in the group who's trying to go on this journey needs to talk about it, obviously reach out because I'd be more than happy to talk about this process more because honestly, like I kind of had to figure this out on my own. So like if there was a podcast episode like this already for me, I've been like, whoop, well, everything's all set for me now. (laughs) And just so all of the listeners know, Victoria has been rooting for this podcast for over a year. (laughs) Yes, before I was like morning even thought about doing a podcast, I'm like, you have an awesome voice. I think I could either do a podcast or do ASMR. Either one. I mean, if you want to start an ASMR channel for fun, go ahead, because you'll be amazing at that also. (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. It has been so much fun, and I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you in the Her Reality Podcast. So come on over and let's crack this conversation wide open.